1: That he does up there in Minnesota, John. Thanks for taking the time, Ethan. How's it going, man? Going, going well. Going well. It's going a little bit better for that team that you cover up there, here Minnesota. We talk a lot about what the Heat are playing for. The Timberwolves are sort of in this mix. What what has gotten them back in the chase in the Western Conference? Yeah, I think that when you look at it, when they started the season, Ethan, they you know first year with Tom Thibodeau and a young team trying to kind of get their fourth coach in four years and and a new system and work through that and get it under. And it was a struggle early. I mean, they were six and 18 to start the season and things just were not clicking, especially defensively for them. And they were one of the worst teams in the league, defensive efficiency, net rating, those kinds of things. And so um, they really had a hard time kind of grasping the concepts and the system that Tom Thibodeau brought a proven, defensive head coach in this league and so really over the last two months but in particular the last one month they've really stepped things up defensively the carl anthony towns andrew wiggins ricky rubio have kind of had a little bit more accountability on that end and everything seems to kind of be coming together for them where they're not thinking so much they're not kind of out there with the wheels turning and they're doing things a little bit more reactionary and on instincts, and so uh, all of their, their defensive metrics over the last month are in the top five, and so that's been the big key for them, and that's what Tibbs has been harping on them about really for all season long, and so now finally you're kind of seeing some of that come together on that end of the floor. John,
0: uh, Minnesota, four and a half games out of the eighth and final playoff spot in the West. When you look at at their core, I I guess their core three players of of Carl Anthony Towns and and Andrew Wiggins, Ricky Rubio, is that a core that in, say, two years could get you to say, the, the the Western Conference finals, or do they need to add to that core? Do they need to have somebody to, oh, perhaps overtake Rubio as the number three in that core?
1: Well, I mean, when you look at it right now, I think the way they look at their core is more of Carl Anthony Towns, Andrew Wiggins, and Zach Levine, who was out with the knee injury. Obviously, that was a big blow for them, um, but the, the, the one of the encouraging things that they have seen over the last couple of weeks is that Ricky Rubio has kind of stepped up his game from an offensive standpoint. He scored 20 points three games in a row, which is a revelation for Rubio, who is a pass first point guard who has really struggled historically with his shooting. He's shooting the ball much better over the last two months, getting to the free throw line a lot. And he does so many other things. He he's an elite passer. He's an elite defensive point guard. And so I think that if he can sustain his offense and be more consistent with that uh, over as he has the last three or four weeks especially and kind of extrapolate that over a full season, I think you can win a lot of games with Ricky Rubio as your starting point guard. And the, the, I think what they need more to supplement this core, to be honest, is, is kind of a veteran either power forward stretch four type of a player or a wing defender and three-point shooter to kind of balance things out. I mean, right now they have such a young core that they need kind of the 27, 28, 29-year-old guy to be able to step in to the starting lineup, hit some threes, help Carl Anthony Towns on the glass. Then maybe you can slide Gorgie Jang into a backup role as your first big off the bench rather than essentially your starting power forward. And so that's more of what they're in the market for, I think, at this point. I mean, Rubio and Chris Dunn, I think, are their point guards right now, and I don't anticipate that changing going into next season. Um, but yeah, that's what they need more than anything is, the, is, that, is that Jimmy Butler type of a player uh, to, 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 to bring into this group and to just add some veteran experience, toughness, de- defensive tenacity, and some three-point shooting. Talking to John Krasinski, covers the Minnesota Timberwolves for the Associated Press. How has Thibodeau handled all this this year? You know, it, it's been really interesting to watch, Ethan, because when he first got hired, I mean, Glenn Taylor, the owner of the Timberwolves, basically said, I'm hiring Tom Thibodeau because I think that he can expedite the learning curve for these young guys and, and get us into the playoffs quicker than maybe if you went with a younger coach, maybe someone that was maybe more kind of uh, more laid back or, or more kind of a, of a player's coach. But uh, so everyone kind of thought when, when Tibbs came in that he would come in and, and just make it so that uh, he was trying to squeeze every possible win he could out of the schedule and, and just maximize that over the development of these young players. And really the the surprise this season has been that he has taken a little bit more of a long view. He's also the president of basketball operations here. And so he has really tried to, to kind of put lineups out on a night in and night out basis that maybe don't always give them the best chance to win that night, but do give them the opportunity to develop into the long-term success that they're looking for here. And so He's played Zach Levine, Andrew Wiggins, Carl Anthony Towns, really heavy minutes. Um, he's really tried to work hard with Rubio to get him to a point where he is a more effective point guard in his system. And uh, he has played like the veterans, Cole Aldrich, Brandon Rush, uh, Jordan Hill has played barely at all. Those guys who might be able to help you win your one game on a Tuesday night in January, they haven't really been playing a whole lot. It's been a lot more toward the young core and developing those guys and building the foundation that it's going to take to, to get something sustainable here. And so I, I think that around the league, people have been a little bit surprised at that kind of pragmatic approach as well here. I mean, he's shown his frustrations clearly from game early in the season in terms of the way that the, the team kind of had a hard time grasping his defensive concepts. But in when you talk about kind of, understanding the big picture. I think Tom Thibodeau has really done a pretty good job of, of keeping his cool and, and taking the long view on it.
0: We're talking to John Krasinski who covers uh, the Timberwolves for the uh, Associated Press among other teams up in Minneapolis. John, I've got to interrupt this serious interview to address a couple of (laughs) texts. How many Michael Scott, Dwight Schrute jokes do you have (laughs) to endure?
1: Uh, All all the time. I mean, my my kind of go-to line is, you know, when people ask me if I was, if I'm John Krasinski from The Office, I say no. And trust me, uh, you know, my wife is more disappointed in that than than you are. So, uh, you know, it's uh, that, that's I I hear it all the time, and it, it's amazing. For 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 a long, long time, I was not only the only John Krasinski that I knew of, but I was the most famous John Krasinski. And I'm not famous at all now. I'm not even the the most famous of the John Krasinski's in the world. So that's a little disappointing. I was going to
0: ask you, like, can you pinpoint the moment where your life changed? Like when when the office, like <laughs> after season one, or when, when did you start noticing this could be something here?
1: Yeah. You know, when I noticed it honestly was that when he finally kind of broke out of the office and and broke into movies yep. and then they'd have the trailers during, um, you know, during TV commercials and things. and And the big movie voice guy would say, john krasinski and robin williams in you know this movie or whatever and i'm just like wait a minute that's that's that's, oh, that's me that's me that's my name. what are you talking about here and so once he kind of finally broke out of the sitcom mold and into into big heavyweight actor guy who gets the movie voices that's when it really kind of took a turn for me and that's when i knew i had no chance going forward
0: but you, but you spell your names very differently though
1: you know, I, I think my, my, my uh, conspiracy theory is, is that he changed the spelling of his name to make it a little easier on everyone. I got a couple of consonants in there that are sneaky, that really make you earn it. Anyone can spell K-R-A-S-I-N-S-K-I. I mean, that's not a big deal at all. So, so I, you know, I, I think that he, he went Hollywood on it and, and dumbed it down for everyone else.
0: And you got to spell your last name for the folks. Well, first and last name, because they're both different. Well, that's it. Yeah, my
1: first name is spelled wrong as much as my last name It's J O N, and then it's K R A W C Z Y N S K I, and that that C sitting in the middle between W and Z is really, if people figure that out and squeeze that in there, you know they really love you. And so it, you know, it took me till about fourth grade to get it down. It took my wife about three or four years, and. And so, uh, but now we both got it down and I think uh, we feel pretty good about it. Well, that's good news. All right. It's John Brzezinski, the most famous John Brzezinski to ever appear on this radio program. <laughs> right. There uh, it is. I, hey, uh, I'll I, take that. I will assure you of that. John, thanks for taking the time with us today. You got, you got it, guys. Thanks a lot for having me. All right. Uh... This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on What's in Your Podcast queue. And guess what?